Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And it's happening, Corey. It's Imagine fanfare. Bum -ba -da -bum. Here we go. I'm going to insert something. It's going to be trumpets. It's going to be yes, loud noises because we're celebrating today. The bump -a -da -bum 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 -bum. best games of 2022 game of the year discussion extravaganza extraordinaire woo here it is we did it made it to the end of the year yes played yes, a did. lot of games we did it we have played a lot of games yeah boy um yeah today is our uh game of the year discussion we are having our full top 10 list my top 10 Corey's top 10 um yes, yes, ne'er yes. the two shall meet because I don't I don't even want to be associated with Corey's top ten. This is the these are separate. These are they are completely separate. different. There might be overlap. <laughs> there could be overlap though. There could be overlap, but it is specifically individual top tens. Yeah. Last year we we had a surprising amount of like I there weren't a ton of games that I think were like note for note the same but i think there were a lot that were like very similar where it was like my number six was your number seven and your number seven was like my number eight and it was all very you know it 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 was kind of it was pretty like similar i think mm -hmm. and i think this year um everybody's going to be very excited to find out probably that it's not similar no well, maybe not. I, don't know. I think we <laughs> i looked at my list and i'm like i think there will be three of my list on Chris's list, maybe. What? Hmm, interesting. I think, no. the, but the others, I'm like, I don't think these are gonna. I don't think these are gonna be on Chris's. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I had a very hard time this year narrowing it down because there are I I've played twenty something new games this year, so mm -hmm. trying to break down a top ten of like in a lot of cases like really good games, like even. Even what I would put at the bottom of my list is still like I enjoyed it a good bit. Mm -hmm. Like um to the point where like whenever I played it, I was like, this could be on my top ten. Like this is it would be at the bottom, but I mean it's like could be there. I don't know. I mean I rotated I think my like eight, nine, and a ten around amongst like six different contenders for like the last yeah. couple of weeks. And I've gone back and played all the games and I feel like okay, I am I think I'm I'm settled with this, with these final three, the rest. I'm like, okay, these are pretty set in stone. Maybe change yeah. up the order a little bit. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I do nice. feel bad about some of the ones that missed out though. Cause I'm like, I really, really enjoyed these games, but I just don't know if they can, I don't know if they make the cut. Not that they're bad. It's just, just way it falls sometimes. Yeah, it's the way the cookie crumbles, as they mm -hmm. say. Yeah, um, we'll we'll give some shout outs. We want to we want to build the tension. We don't want to give you some honorable mentions out of the gate because then it then it then it narrows down your your bingo list of what's mm -hmm. actually coming your way. But yeah, we'll um, the ones that didn't quite make it, we'll uh, we'll shout it out at the end. That way you can find some because there were some actual there were actually a couple of games that. Um, I played that would make my honorable mentions that I haven't even talked about on the podcast because I played them so recently. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm excited, Corey. Um, let's do it. I want to hear. I want you to start us off. Number ten, 
Corey. Wow me. Okay. Impress me. Number 10. Um, This is the only game on my list I did not finish. Okay. Um, So, but I still... Okay, let me go ahead and get out the gate. It's Xenoblade Chronicles 3 at number oh. 10. Um, it, it is the only game on the list I didn't finish. I got about 20, 25 hours was my playtime into it, which okay. would have, which is about the playtime I have for a lot of the games on my list. But yeah. um, I think it was just in terms of a JRPG, in terms of what it brought to the table, uh, for what is in my wheelhouse of games, I thought it was so good. Even though I didn't make it to the end, I still have every intention of finishing it. Yeah. Um, I will give this game the award of best OST. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have a couple of awards for um, all my games. Yeah. Best um, uh, combat barks. Yeah, I mean, every, every eight seconds you hear yeah. lands. I mean, there, there's a lot of shout outs um, yeah. of people just screaming stuff. A lot of the same shout outs over yes. and over. Um, but I do think in terms of all the games on the list, this one has one of the most gripping openings yep. um, of what is a 90-ish hour game. Um, mm-hmm. I think its first chapter really pulls you in. If Again, if this is your style of game, even if it's... Even if you're not a fan of Xenoblade or never played it like me before, I found it very compelling. It's a group of characters who are presented with one thing and all of a sudden their world changes. And now it's you as those characters having to deal with your life being essentially uprooted and understanding, okay, what is our purpose? What do we do now, now that we no longer have a purpose? Yep. Um, I found most of the characters very engaging, very relatable. I th- they didn't feel very one note, which I, f- I think in a lot of GRPGs, a lot of the core cast can feel one note, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think they did in this one. Even lands the big, brawny, muscular, meathead guy had, has depth to him. He has layers to him. Yep. There's empathy for him. He wants, he's not just a meathead to be a meathead. He wants to protect others. Yep. Um, and he has trauma. He's had experience of trauma. He, yeah. he, he's wounded. Um, a lot of the characters have trauma. The, this yep. game is, there's a lot of trauma amongst all the characters. Um, and it's kind of them wrestling with it all. Um, I think in terms of what I've, the switch was came out, what 2016, I 2017. Think 2017. Yep. Well, 2022, Xenoblade Chronicles came out five years later, and I think a lot of people complain about the Switch and its hardware. You know, this is a game that runs extremely well. I didn't really have yep. any issues with it either. Um, I, I think it's an all-around great game. I think it'd be much higher had I finished it, too. But because I didn't, I in my mind, I couldn't bring it up higher but it did beat out others i just think it's so good the combat takes a little bit of time to get going but after i said after chapter one when you it's almost done with tutorials there's lots of tutorials yeah um it really gets engaging you're being able to change out classes on the fly being able to really time and uh, differentiate your moves um and i think that it really clicks um it kind of just got caught up in the wind of all of the great new games that came out that I'll continue to talk about, but I couldn't end 2022 without talking about 
Xenoblade Chronicles 3 in some capacity because I do think it is truly um, one of the best JRPGs I've probably played. Um, and I'm excited to see more of it to come and you will yeah. hear more about it. Can't wait. Yeah, it's... I do agree. Like it, it probably would have been higher on your list had you made it further. Cause I mean, yeah, like I think 20, 25 hours is enough to get a sense of the game, but it really does start to um, deepen and a lot of the like payoffs start mm-hmm. to happen as you get a little bit further in. Not even, I mean, you don't even have to be like right at the end, probably like two thirds through the game. I mean, you're seeing these payoffs start and I think a lot of it's really worth it. And, you know, I've been, I've been very transparent about my, like, I don't know, kind of like neutral kind of lukewarm feelings on Xenoblade mm-hmm. kind of across the board. Um, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3, like really, gripped me in a way that I wasn't expecting just because like, yeah, characters, story, um, setup, world, like everything was really compelling, um, right from the get go. So I, um, really enjoyed it as well. Also. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm very excited to go back to it. Yep. I've been playing around. We'll talk about it in the coming weeks. I've been playing around with a couple of different games. Um, but I've already docked it back into my Switch, and yep. it's not. It's probably gonna be next up on the list, along with another game that I've been okay. playing. Without any nice. spoilers, um, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicle Three. Even though I didn't finish, just so good. Had yeah. to had to include it. Very nice. I love it. Um, my number ten, Corey. Hit me with it. Lay it, it on me. Uh, surprise to no one. Marvel Snap, Corey, oh. number 10. Um, Should have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, honestly, like, I've... He's a Marvel s- Snap boy. Well, so, honestly, like, I could see... I could see Marvel Snap landing higher on my list. But, because I legitimately, like... Because that's the thing, is... I think... I, I was really into Hearthstone whenever Mm -hmm. it came out and I was really into um, the loop and the strategy and all of that stuff. And I haven't really experienced that in a game like it until Marvel snap where Marvel snap really had this very compelling loop. And it felt like there was a huge depth of strategy and on combination with like the cards you were getting, there were all of these different boards that you could have and combinations of all this kind of stuff. It just like, it felt like there were so many different ways that you could play it. Um, the things that it does kind of like, I think do kind of dip for me, which I think are some things that they're trying to fix. But part of it is just like the, um, like the like egregious, um, just monetization, like stuff where it's like a hundred dollar package. Yeah. Where it's like, it's, I mean, none of it, you don't have to buy anything. Um, but it, I mean, there is some incentive in like buying variants, like buying gold, buying variants, because you can level those up and get new levels to then get new cards, but you don't have to buy anything. But like the things you're buying, it's not even like, oh, here's a variant for 99 cents or like, it's like, here's two variants and like some gold and some tokens for like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or something. And I mean, it is like like not so insane in the same way that like overwatch two 
had a lot of that stuff where it was Still like, has. yeah, you can, right. You can save up. Yeah. You want this skin. Okay, cool. Like there's no other way to get it except you save up for a year yeah. or you pay us $20 outright. Um, that stuff is a bummer. And I think it really does kind of like detract from the experience. The other thing is like, I think as much as like the, some of the randomness is kind of neat. Like um, they, they have said they're adding more like competitive modes and some things like to kind of um, allow people different ways of playing. So I think some of this will change in the future. Um, But some of it does kind of feel like you go into a game and like the board layout can can potentially just screw you over right from the gate where like there'll be a board where it's like oh draw three cards and then destroy the rest of your deck and so then it's like okay well if you had built up a strategy around like a couple of cards and you don't draw them then you don't have you don't have the option to or like hey swap hands with your opponent and it's like it's fun but it it can be also like whenever you have a few games of like that in a row it's like why don't I even build a deck in the first place yep. what was the point <laughs> me like trying to think about this um so again i think i think they're like a lot of my love for marvel snap is like the how quick and easy it is to pop in play a game because even like hearthstone as fun as it is like some games if you were going like a control decks against each other i mean these were like 15 minute games um with marvel snap it's like no game is going over three minutes um so even even in those instances where the games kind of where you get a couple of games where it's kind of random and you know not like not exactly what you wanted you're in and out super quick um and you can just retreat and and lose like a point in 30 seconds if you want to um so i think there's like tons of flexibility and it's definitely one of those things where it's like hey if you especially if you like old school marvel stuff um could you hear that on my thing Corey? Oh, yeah yes i can <laughs> yeah. somebody's opening my garage um <laughs> um yeah if you it honestly kind of scared me there for a second kind of scared um, me i'm like uh what's happening <laughs> If, but like, especially if you like old nineties Marvel, it really kind of scratches that itch. Cause you're getting a lot of, it reminds me of like watching the old cartoon and having a lot of that. Like it reminds me a little bit less of like the MCU and more of kind of like that whole era. The comics. Um, right. The comics and just kind of like stuff that when we were kids and yeah. I don't know, I really enjoy it. I think it's something that like will continue to grow and continue to just kind of like be a mainstay of that genre in the same way that Hearthstone was and, and still is to some degree, but like was especially for years and years and years. Um, so yeah, I still play it. I still, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not as much as I did, but I still like pick it up and play a round or two here and there. And like, it's still a lot of fun, still try out different decks, still try out different cards. And, um, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Nice. I mean, I, I played it a little bit. Um, I don't think it's my cup of tea, but I do get the hype around yep. it. Um, I do think uh, the art style, I mean, you were just talking about, I do think the art style is really cool, very neat, does bring back that little bit of nostalgia. Um, yeah, I, the only like real like critique I've ever seen of it is the egregious monetization of it yeah. and like having yeah. to scroll by like these big buy the new Thanos starter bag for a hundred dollars yeah kind of a thing but other than yeah. that I do see it being this 
they'll sort that part out eventually. It kind of feels like it. We're going to toss this price tag on while this game's super hot and then, you know, kind of bump it down from there. I, I see Marvel Snap being a mainstay for years to come. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's something where they have to, like, they have to kind of just play around with it and figure it out. And it's like, well, you know, we can, like, we can always, we can always make things cheaper. We're, yep. we're not going to be able to, <laughs> to raise the price on this yep. without making people mad. So start as high as possible, s- piss them all off, and yeah. then gain favor as we drop the price. Right. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? Next year, Marvel Snap may be back again on this list. Marvel Snap 2. Marvel Snap 2. Marvel Snap's expansion, the, the Venom. The snappiest Marvels. The snappiest Venom Snappy. Um, who knows? But yeah, Corey, number 10. Uh, wow. What is your number nine? Number sir? nine. Number nine for me. Now, this is a game I wish I had higher, but I couldn't force myself to put it higher. Um, it is, drum roll, and wait for it, uh, and uh, 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 Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. What? Um, this Look at us, Corey. Overlap. Is it's my number nine. nine. Yeah, it's, it's my number nine. Yeah, woo! Yeah. All right. All right. I think we just end the podcast now. Yes, <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yay! <laughs> Kirby. Honestly, I was surprised that Kirby. I was. I was expecting Kirby to be closer to like your mid range, like your number five, six. I, I. I think I wanted it at like five or six, but I. Yeah. Um, and um, we'll, we'll, let's get into the, the goods of it, and, I'll, and then yeah. I'll get into why it's a little bit lower. Um, I, as my list will go on, everyone will see I am a big fan of narrative, of story. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do. I, ha, I have a type, as they would say. Um, <laughs> I, I think with Kirby, it, there I couldn't give a rat's ass about the story. I just yeah. think it's a joy to play. I think Kirby has some of the best level design I've seen mm-hmm. in just games, period. I it it reminded me of being a kid and not knowing what on earth is going on in a game, but it just yep. being so fun that I'm just like I'm having a great time. And that's all Kirby was for me. It, it was just a joy to play. And like that is like the big, biggest and greatest compliment I think I can give a lot of games is my brain just kind of switched off and I'm just like, this is just a great time. Like yeah. I'm having a blast. Yeah. It, um, so part of, I mean, I think Kirby like ended up kind of being a surprise for me all year long, like, and still continues to be because, um, like my daughter still regularly just wants to turn on Kirby. Like she never wants Don't to see her. a level. She 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 wants to run around the Waddle town. She wants to oh, fish. Yep. She wants to make lunch. She wants Kirby to go to sleep. Like she wants to go to the vending machine. So I mean, like I still am regularly playing Kirby for that reason. Good. Good. Um, but like. On top of that, like, I mean, that was a surprising thing, just like that she was super into that. And, the, you know, I've had the opportunity to kind of like explore and take things slower than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like the, yeah, I mean, it it was a surprising thing because, I mean, Kirby for 
years has just kind of been like it's it's thing like you kind of know what to expect and they i think some of the 3ds titles did kind of mix it up where it was like oh now it's like planet robo like he has this like big mech suit and you're doing all these kind of different things but like the the way that it kind of like crafted this whole thing where it was a kirby game but then also had moments where it was like oh it's like a it's almost kind of like a Dark Souls game or it has like this Halo montage kind of moment. Like it's really kind of like going hard yeah, in yeah. some of these places. Like it really was a game where I was like, okay, I can really, I'm really into, into what's happening here. There's some cool, cool stuff in a way that like, I mean, neither of us played Sonic Frontiers, but I think it was kind of, that was kind of the hope that Sonic was going to have as yeah. well for a lot of people was like, Sonic is going to break the mold and become this new thing. And at the end of the day, Sonic Frontiers was just Sonic in an open world. Like it was still tedious and it still was just Sonic. And I think Kirby and the Forgotten Lands like managed to kind of transcend some of that to become like, oh no, this is a fresh experience. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's really, it, I mean, legitimately had some challenge to it in a way that like Kirby games, because I mean, that's also a thing is that a lot of times Kirby is just, it's an easier thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're in it for harder platforming or harder combat, like you may just kind of be kind of plodding along, but I feel like the game was just so flashy and fun in so many areas that it was like, even when it was easy, it was just like, I'm still just having a great time. Like I'm having a great time, like sucking this big donut into my mouth and like, yes, <laughs> firing across a lake. Like it's just, let me turn it into a Volkswagen little lake. Um, what is it? Herbie fully loaded all of a sudden, yeah, just yeah. whipping around this map. Oh. Yeah. It, it was super neat. And I think a lot of the, I think the choices that they made just continued being just a whole lot of fun. And it wasn't like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a Kirby game and like it, you know, I, I think I prefer some of the like breadth of challenge of something like a Mario platformer or something like that in that type of game. Um, which is why it probably did not just like, overtake me in the way that like um you know a new mario odyssey or something might have had it come out but like it really was a welcome surprise and something that i really enjoyed much more than i even thought i would honestly yeah and i think the end is um you were talking about that a little bit like the boss rush dark soul Uh style by the end where eventually you just like fight god and like run it was like an 18 wheeler into him or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it is a game that like simultaneously like captured my childhood imagination of just being like this little dude running through like these incredible like worlds and like open area level designs until all of a sudden like pulling into the older gamer and being like, wait, I'm now dying to this boss. Like yep. what what's going on here? And I think there, and there's never a clash of those ideals ever. It, yep. it all is seamless. It puts everything together in a nice, neat package. The story itself, I think is like six, seven hours at most. If you just oh, yeah. Yeah. hit each of the worlds, um, I, this is a game that I think I, I would replay and will replay like in the future. It, it made me a Kirby fan. Um, I, there's so much, it, it surprised me cause there's so much love, like 
detail to it and so much yep. design. Like Waddle D Town, like the fishing mechanic, pretty challenging to be yeah. like, yeah. it is not an easy fishing game, but also it has like different levels of customization and like leveling up for your different powers. Uh, your sandwiches do different things as well. Um, yeah. You have the vending machine. I mean, the level of scope to this for what in my brain was going to be a kid's game and it is a kid's game um but it like has like that design built for people who are used to games and like does it exceptionally well um i i loved it i yeah. i think the only reason why it's not higher for me is because i know there's actually so much more content to the game so much more that you can do where the game like really gets going after you technically beat it yeah. what i've seen between the coliseum doing the um, extra challenges and like boss rush styles still um, that I just didn't get to experience all that. And in the games later on down the line, I think I really got the meat of all of it. And I, I think I kind of missed out on that with Kirby, which is kind of a regret because I mean, it's so good. It's so yep. good. If you were looking for a great game on switch to play, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, you get in, you get out. It takes care of you. It honors your time, and it's just a lovely experience. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's it is the quintessential like nostalgic Nintendo game. Um, and yeah, if you if you have kids, play it. If you don't, yes. play, play it. it. Um, have a blast just enjoying yourself in such a just lovely, oh, just lovely happy, space. Happy go lucky little pink man. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could not recommend it more. Kirby and the Forgotten Lands was a blast in so many ways. Chef's kiss. Yo. Yeah, boy. Uh, um, well, since we both had the same number nine, and I revealed my number nine, I feel like it's only fitting if you bring us your number eight. My number eight? Okay. Yes. Um, Corey, my number eight. Uh, any guesses? Do you think you know what it is? No. I, I, I don't want to guess and then be <laughs> like, no, that's not on the list, or that's later on the list. Um, it is Tiny Ken. Tinykin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Do you remember I this do, game? I know, I know exactly um, what game you're talking about. Yeah. For um, for anybody that missed that episode or didn't hasn't heard Tinykin come up anywhere else. Um, yeah, I played Tinykin a couple of months ago, maybe like September, October. Um, it was it's an indie Pikmin like mm-hmm. game, um, where you are this kid who is like a descendant of humanity and he's making a pilgrimage back to earth and he gets back to earth and he's so tiny for some reason. And he's interacting with all of these bugs and all of these, like he has to utilize these tiny kin, which are Pikmin effectively mm-hmm, to like mm-hmm. solve puzzles and explore the world. But it's like, it's very much like a big you know, all of this stuff is like each level is a room in this guy's house. You know, this, I can't remember the guy's name, but like, um, you know, one levels, his bathroom, one levels, his bedroom, one levels, mm-hmm. the kitchen. And you're doing all of these things trying to like each of, each of these rooms has their own like culture, like yeah. the wasps, 
you know, all the bugs you're interacting with, like the shield bugs and the wasps and the praying mantises, like they all have their, this one's maybe like more of a warrior race and these guys are more scientific and these guys are more spiritual and they all have their own like deification of the guy living in this house. Like, and it very much was this thing where like I was playing through this game and I was very invested in where this was going. Cause I was like, I was like, this could go a hundred different directions. Like he could be, it could be this whole thing where like these bugs, like because bugs lifespan is so short that these bugs are like actively spending their entire lives, just waiting for this guy to come home from work. And he's in there kind of like talking about him being lost and having never returned. And realistically like that kind of stuff um, that doesn't, that isn't the case, but like, you know, that there were so many of those things, like you're watching this mythology kind of come up and you're watching all these kind of things and you're being involved in the like progression of this of kind of this mystery unfolding and it's super interesting and at the same time like the the game itself is just in a similar vein to kirby like super chill like yeah there were not really the hardest thing so i went for the platinum which required you to get um like because they're they're like collectibles in in a game like this you know and so like Um, the hardest part of it is that there isn't like a, there isn't a map to kind of like give you an indication of where these are and to get the platinum, you have to like collect all of them. And they're like these little particles of dust, I guess is what they're called. And in some levels it's like, oh, there are 1500 of them like scattered across the place and you have to find them all. Like that was the hardest part really was just like tracking down this one that I happened to miss behind an old sock or something. Um, But like the overall puzzles themselves and the things you were doing were relatively chill. There's no combat. Um, The platforming is, you know, really just kind of like it's interesting and it's, but at the same time kind of relaxing. And it was this, it, it legitimately was, maybe the game I was most surprised by where I went into okay. it and I was like, okay, this is a, this is, I'm expecting this to be cool, but I walked away from it being like, I love this game so much in so many ways. And I cannot, I cannot express it. Um, it's short. I mean, probably like okay. five to seven hours. Okay. Um, I think I got, I mean, I did the platinum in like eight so, I mean, it was like Jeez. all of that, like it was pretty easy to kind of yeah. pull all of that stuff together, but it was like, it was just a, it was a really interesting, fun game. And I think it like, I think it flew under the radar of many people just because it's, you know, yeah, it has like, it, it, I think there were, there were plenty of people that did pick it up and like really get into it. Um, Cause that's where I heard about it first was like an outlet who happened to pick it up. They were like, Oh no, don't sleep on this game. This is actually really good. Um, but, but yeah, I totally recommend tiny Ken, um, whether you like Pikmin or not. Cause I'm not like a huge Pikmin fan. Um, also the art style really good has almost kind of like a paper Mario aesthetic to it. Like very kind of like flat in a 3d space kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's really neat. Oh, and it also feels really good because, um, 
it has the it has one of like Jack 2's best mechanics, which is where you can just run and like pull out your hoverboard at any point oh, and like get moving really fast. Mechanic. Yeah. It um it has that where you have a soap bar. So you can just be running and like pull out a soap bar and you slide across oh, the across, <laughs> across the ground with it. Um that's one of the best things too. Yeah, it, I it, mean that is it, one of the greatest mechanics, yeah. period. Um, so it feels really good to move around in this space and it's, um, especially as you get through these levels, I mean, like the tiny kin, you're collecting tiny kin that can build into a ladder. You're able to float. You're able to like do all, so I mean like moving around the space feels really good mm-hmm. too. Um, so that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I remember yeah. you talking about that earlier in the year and then I think I remember seeing you get the platinum as well. Yeah. Um, I remember looking up. I know it's not expensive. I'm like, do I add this to the list? Yeah, I don't know. It's on. Yeah, I played it on PlayStation, but it's also on Switch. Um, It gives the vibe of a more Switch game, but it does. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it looks like it's full price is 25. It's not bad. Um, I don't see it on sale anywhere. It might be. Might be on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. Um, not you, Corey. I know you don't, but I do not. Um, <laughs> but for our, um, Xbox yeah, it has, system. it's on game pass. So if Maybe. you're, uh, yeah. So if you, uh, walk, don't run. Yeah. Walk, don't run. Play it. Get it. Go. It. Yeah. All right. Lovely. What you got next, Corey? What's your number eight? My number eight. Do you ever guess what my number eight is? Your number eight is gonna be. Uh, tunic. tunic. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, look at you. See, you know me uh, so well. I was, I was scanning through. I was trying to say tunic number eight. I love tunic it. Tunic number eight. And before I jump into tunic, I do want to give one second. Uh- <laughs> All right, he's done. He got it out of his system. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna give Kirby the award for most fun game I played this year in terms okay. of just like pure joy for biggest thing you can put in your mouth for biggest thing you put in your mouth. It is. Yeah. That, that is definitely number one. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, it's probably number one. Yeah. Um, but tunic number eight, um, tunic, it, we talked about it earlier. Um, not too long ago actually is the top down Zelda like game, um, yeah. where, you are a little fox, an adorable little fox, and you don't know anything at all, what to do, where to go, anything like that. The game gives you very little direction out the gate, and that is, I think, the beauty of the game is you discovering, like, just naturally, okay, what do I do next? Yes. And as you slowly but surely find these pages, which are like an old-school instruction manual that you would get in your games, which, like... If you were anything like me growing up, you would have the game in the back of the car. You'd pull off the plastic. You'd read the back cover over and over again. You'd pull out the instruction manual, like learn about the characters in the game, like learn like movesets, X, Y, Z. Like you're just reading and reading and reading it. And like the 20 minutes it takes to get home out of like giddiness to finally play. And Tunic does the wonderful thing of like as you're playing, you're getting to read and do that all over again. Yeah. Um. I did. I I think the best parts about 
and what I most enjoyed about Tunic was just the natural exploration of the game yep. and the s- slow discovery. Hold on. He's still just <laughs> feeling himself. Yeah. Give me one second. Well, and, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, that was the big thing with Tunic that I also loved was just the fact that it had this, like, it had this massive sense of discovery. It was like, oh, you're playing, like, you legitimately don't know anything about what's going on. You don't even know how to level up. You don't know how to, like, control certain things. And so having that level of just, like, discovery, I think, was, like, a magical thing that you just don't get nowadays. Yeah, and sorry, I think he's done now. We'll see. (laughs) We've moved into a new house, and he's still not quite settled into the hubbub and bubbub of where we're at now. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, the realization as you go in Tunic of like realizing, oh, I can, I've been able to do everything the entire time. Like there hasn't, like there's never been a moment where I've been gate kept away from being able to do X, Y, or Z. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And that realization is... Also, I think one of the best parts of the game of just being like, okay, I don't have all this. It's like you realize like, okay, I don't have all the pages, so I don't know everything I can do. But a lot of the inputs are similar. Why don't I just try doing this here or doing this there? That's how, because I don't want to spoil it, um, but that's how I learned to, uh, how do I word this, to get around the map. And in a shorter way was you learn how to, you know, you learn how to level up. And I'm like, okay, this, this feels like I can do this in other spots and slowly, but surely like stuff like that just happens. I think where the disconnect in the game for me was the combat because in a game that is all about almost whimsical exploration is dark. soul, like truly dark cells level difficulty, uh-huh. Like boss battles are brutal. I think some of the enemy encounters can be just like punishingly difficult. Yeah. Um, but the beauty of Tunic is that it has incredible accessibility features to, and we talked about it. I was like, okay, I turned on invincibility for this one fight by, I'd say the halfway point of the game. I'm like, it's just on because yeah. otherwise like, I'm just not going to enjoy my experience with it. And I loved it infinitely more like having that on and just being able to run around the world with no care, like exploring, discovering and figuring out um, like essentially what to do. And I, th- yeah. I did find the story of it while it is a little obtuse, but just trying to learn from your past and make your future and present better uh, told in such a fashion and such a natural way of discovery of like some of the horrific things that you find across the mm-hmm. world, like a, beautiful but sad story but like that just has that really hopeful ending at the end yeah yeah the only reason why i don't think this game is higher for me is because i do think it's a little too obtuse with some of the puzzles at the end like where you know some people enjoy this i don't where i'm like i have to take out a notebook and like write stuff down like i don't want like 
no offense to people who do that for like the puzzles and stuff that they're figuring out in games. It's not my cup of tea that I, for me to need to do that. And this is kind of a game where you need to like, at least have like some sort of like, I have to write this down or like, I need to have a really good memory of how to like put in this puzzle or do this puzzle. And I think that was my, those are my two biggest gripes with the game. Like it didn't need combat. I don't think. And I think it was just a little obtuse and puzzle, but outside of that, it's whole thing. It's whole exploration, discovery, learning, understanding, being better hits. It does incredible. This is like, I would love to see this team do something similar to this again, or like make a tunic too. And like content, not that it really needs one or that there's even a door open for one, but I'd be very interested to see like what they, what more that they can do, because I do think they have something special here in this game. And I really enjoyed my time with it. I don't think it doesn't run too long. I think it like values, like how much time you're putting into it. And yeah, Tunic, great game. Uh, I don't know if it's for everybody because again, it can be very obtuse, but if you are someone who is like interested in games that aren't going to hold your hand, that really just want you to like, Hey, go, go play it, go see what's there. And like, you're going to love it most likely. Like this is a game for you. Um, my award for it is most original game. I like, I don't know if I've ever played a game in this style with like, it's undirectional list or undirections directions. Like there, I don't know if like anyone could ever do it again after this either of like, you have everything at your disposal out the gate. Just go play the game and figure it out. Yeah. Um, so good. It's also the most foxy of, of it is by far the most foxy things. game. Yeah. yeah most foxy because there are lots and lots of foxes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, loved tunic, um, a great deal. Like it, it was, and I agree. Like, I think that that was my only issue with it was just how like obtuse it could be mm-hmm. in spots where it just, um, where there was some stuff where I would end up looking it up um, and it would be like, how in the world was I supposed to figure this out? Because like, I don't want to spoil any of the stuff. A lot of it related to some like late game or post game kind of like extra puzzles. So it didn't even even really apply to some of the main game stuff. Um, But it was stuff that like I would go to try and figure this out and there wasn't it there had to be some sort of like breadcrumb trail yeah but it really did feel like it was like i don't i cannot i don't have the time or the headspace to really kind of sit through this stuff and there there is stuff in there where it's like you know stuff in the music where it's like oh this note this time that it's coming through, this note was slightly higher this time. And it's like a Morse code thing. And like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really neat stuff like that, but you have to, to really like go wide into all of it. You have to like be willing to, I'm going to go deep in this, like a conspiracy theorist to see everything that this game has to offer. And, you know, I, I think, I think if you go into it, and you don't want to do that, you can still enjoy the entire like story, like the story, yeah. the entire like game proper without running into that much. It's just kind of like some of the later stuff really gets down deep into it. Yeah. Um, 
So, but yeah, Tunic was wonderful and really pretty. Like it has great soundtrack, very oh, yeah. like wonderful graphical stylings and, you know, really enjoyed it. So it's a good time. Made my number yeah. eight. Yeah. Major number eight. Look at that. Who knew? Um, I guess we're moving yeah, on to number Corey. seven now, though. My number seven was uh, Splatoon three. Splatfest. Yeah. Splatfest. Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly don't feel like I've played like a ton, a ton of Splatoon since like the first three-ish weeks that it came out. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, after that, like it came out in September and then Overwatch 2 came out and yep. I was like, oh, I'm going to play a little bit of this. And then we were doing Halloween stuff and then it was like Ragnarok and, you know, it just kind of, um, but like I put in, I think like 35 hours yeah, at least I into it in that point, first. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and legitimately, like it's just like, it feels like Splatoon 2, which felt like Splatoon 1. Yeah. Like, Splatoon has not really evolved in, like, a huge way since it initially came out. A lot of the modes are the same. A lot of the guns are the same. A lot of the stuff that they're doing is largely the same. But I think Splatoon just feels so good and so interesting to play, especially... And we've had these conversations throughout the year, like, especially when you get to a place where you're kind of like, I think fatigued of the like military shooter where it's like, everything's all like, it's all let me be as like, let me get as many headshots and let me be like this alpha dog. Let me like playing a game that is just built around this like fun teamwork kind of vibe that, that really is built on like aesthetic as well. Like, let me just dress in the freshest threads, let me go and just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to be myself and do my style and have this whole thing. And it's like, it feels like so much fun. And it is like, I think some of the things that hurts Splatoon is what hurts like any Nintendo multiplayer game is just like Nintendo's online eco, like infrastructure is just not there. And so you run into a lot of like, you're getting, yeah, your matches are dropping or you're disconnecting or whatever. And it, you know, I don't know how much that's improved, but like it's, it's a common thing that always happens that rarely ever gets like fixed super well. Um, and it's a bummer, but I think it is a thing that like, it's a testament to the fact that like Splatoon in general has such a strong, devout following despite the fact that like Nintendo, really kind of like hamstrings it in in its infrastructure in the way that like you know it took until splatoon 3 for them to have like voice chat or like uh, the ability to party with your friends like stuff like that like the fact that it took them that long to be able to do very simple things like only has hurt it but it is such a good game that it i think rises above that in a lot of ways and you know yeah, I wasn't expecting anything differently. I wasn't expecting like to get Splatoon 3 and to be blown away by like how different it is and everything, but like I played it and I was like, "Man, I just it was just time for Splatoon again in yep. my life and I'm having a blast with this." And this is so much fun being able to just kind of go through and try these different things and really kind of like 
figure out whatever my style is. And once I did, then I was like, I'm just rolling now. Like, watch out, get out of my way. I just, I got you. And um, I was having fun. Nice. And I want to get back to it. I want to play more. I just need the incentive to (laughs) stop the train of new games. Well, that train is not stopping anytime. Yeah, I know. Um, I will spoil something for me. This game did. What? This game did not make my top 10 list. Uh, it did make my honorable mentions, though. And uh, so I'll talk yeah. about that now. Um, I really, This is my first Splatoon game. So I was coming yep. in fresh. And I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. In, turn, in a world of, you have Call of Duty and that military style of, you know, team death matches, like online combat and that like gunplay yep and or you have overwatch which um it's its own thing and it's very in the same breath as most of like call of duties or it's ilk um i think splatoon is a very fresh idea of like here's all this paint in the world your goal is to really cover most of the map and all the paint kills matter like taking it down the other team matters but like that is not your number one priority it helps sure sure but like you can i would play the game in matches where i'm like i'm just not great at like combat i'm not great at like taking down other players what i am great at is getting behind the line and just covering their side and paint yeah and just being an absolute nuisance which is a very valid and very effective way to play in my opinion yeah um and i think well, it's just in games could be won by the fact that you had some like like ocd guy on yeah. your back line who was just inking every single millimeter that was me of yeah, I mean, because, you know, if the other team didn't do that, then you just had that much of your turf inked and you would win. I mean, there were so many different valid play styles that, yeah, you could do whatever you wanted and still feel like you were contributing. And that's great. And I mean, if you're looking for incentive to play, I will hop back on and I'll play. I mean, and I'll play with you. I only got like yeah. probably like seven, eight hours of game in on that, but uh-huh. like it was just thrilling. I enjoyed it so much. Um, yeah. and that is, that, I mean, that is a game that I think I will play more of in like, huh, I don't really want to start anything new. Let's play something online. And it will probably be Splatoon three or like overwatch two, probably. Yeah. 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 And I'm pretty happy about that. I love it. Corey. Um, sweet. What was your, uh, number seven, my number seven. And so, um, we have gone from, you know, Xenoblade, to Kirby, to Tunic. Now we're getting into a different style of game, but still very good game. Um, Cult of the Lamb. No. Um, <laughs> Sifu. Oh, Sifu. Sifu falls in uh, right here at okay. number seven. Uh, Sifu, okay. we came out, what, January, February? February, I think. Very Something early like, February. Very, yeah. yeah. It, it felt like the first, right, well, it came out right before Horizon, I believed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Right before Horizon, right before Elden Ring. Yep, yep. <laughs> what what I mean what a game though because we, we were talking about it being good game of the year when it first came out yep. and I think I mean 
here we are. Number seven for me. Um, Sifu is a revenge tale martial arts game where you go through five distinct levels, worlds throughout a night and today. Yep. Um, where you are, you can be a boy or a girl, you are the child of a former master whose disciples essentially turned on him and killed him. Yep. And you are on the revenge quest to kill all five of them. And I think the games, I mean, that's the, that is the story. Nothing really more to it. Not a lot less. There's a couple of reveals at the end. Um, but the core gameplay of you, like going through all these different gang hideouts, the pure combat combinations and sorry, I have like a bad case of the sniffles right now. Um, you taking them down and like the, what's the word? The core gameplay of it uh-huh. is electric. I am like being able to go and I just replayed this and, um, I made it through the first boss and, um, without spoiling it, did the, did the double thing at the end uh-huh. and only died like twice through the whole level. I'm like, Oh, I still got it. I okay. still Look at you. got it. I mean, it is a game where it's like you memorize like combos and memorize, memorize how to take down in the most effective way through each of these levels. And you know, it like the back of your hand by the end. Yeah. And yeah. it is so fun. I, it's I'm looking back on it with rose tinted glasses. Cause I, I remember texting you multiple times about like some bosses gimmicks. I'm like, this is so stupid. I yeah. hate it. And I think those are still very valid. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. um, I think it's the third boss and the last boss, I think have some gimmicks to it where I was just like, I don't like that you've done this kind of a yeah. thing. Um, yeah. you've taught, you've taught me how to do something and now you're, you handy, you cut me off at the knees with it yeah. and which, which sucks. But I do think again, the absolute center of this game, which is its combat, which is the award I'm going to give to this game is the best combat is just lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I need a second. I need a sequel to this or like a spiritual sequel, something in the same idea of it. Because if you were looking for a great fighting game, not like the, um, like a Mortal Kombat or anything like that, but like this style of yep. a kind of roguelite, um, you might not find many things better because yep. it is Chef's Kiss. Now give yep. me a second. I need to blow my nose. You can, you can <laughs> talk though. Well, and that was the like. I think one of the things that I always like appreciate in games is the feeling of just like you are getting better. Like you are not, I mean, I, I love unlocking new things and having new gadgets and tools to solve situations. But like in Sifu, it's legitimately a thing where the only thing keeping you from doing better over time is just you getting better at the game and getting and learning the skills better, which I mean is in and of itself kind of like a barrier. Um, and I think that that was one of the chief complaints whenever it first came out was like, this game is too hard and I can't, I just can't play it, which um, I think they've like kind of had answers to now. Cause I think they have like difficulty modes yep. and stuff now that are, so if that is something that's put you off, like there are options to go back and play it in a way that's maybe more accessible than it was. But yeah, I mean like that was 
that was the thing with it was like I played through it and the first time that I beat the first boss it was like because I mean in Sifu like that's the thing is you when you die you age yep. like it, it ages in like an exponential kind of like component way and so like it's not like year over year over year but um yeah I mean it was like I was aging 30 years in the first level yep and then by the end of the game like by the time I was done with it I was able to beat the game in all of like three years yep like I mean it was like and the only thing that changed was just I knew these levels better I knew how to fight better and like it really felt like this triumphant move where i was really like mastering this game in some major way um and that and i mean it's not like a true roguelike but it has a lot of those elements in Mm -hmm. a lot of the same ways because it is like because i mean that's one of the big appealing things about a lot of roguelike games is just learning the game getting better at this game really getting the systems down in a way that you can gradually move from the beginning to the end in in a way that felt impossible at first yeah um it's one of the big draws with a lot of souls games a lot of you know i mean and so like i think there are a lot of like valid criticisms whenever it came out of just being like i can't even enjoy this game because it's so hard and, and whatever but like i had a blast with sifu um and it was so much fun and so interesting and um i thought like also the art style super so cool. good like very like painterly almost kind of like low like kind of like a older low poly kind of like um shape to things but very painterly very cool i mean it has a lot of like kind of trippy surrealist kind of stuff going on too and um really neat i liked it a lot yeah and i agree the difficulty can be like punishing like yep. soul crushing early on if that's like not your cup of tea or if this style isn't your cup of tea like I, it isn't a game I can recommend to everyone, um, but like just again, like you, this is a game you master. This is a game that like you know it, like the back of your hand by the end of it. It's I'm going to do triple punch, heavy attack. I'm going to grab this bat, whack, move on. Like you, you yeah. know, like it's it's a dance by the end, yeah. and I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Of like I, I know exactly what I'm gonna do, and being able to pull it off is just like it. The feeling of finally beating it, which I never got to the point where you were at, where I could beat it at 23. I think the the I think I beat it at like 35 or something like that. Yeah, um, was the lowest I ever got. Mainly because I think the final boss is. Beyond levels, a, a butthead. Yeah, he. I mean, <laughs> talking about like levels of difficulty, that might be the hardest boss ever for yeah. me. Um, yeah. That is, uh, but and again, like I can't get over just like how crisp, how tight they've made this fighting style of a game. Yeah. Like I, there might not be many better. Like once, once you know what you're doing. And you're not just like button mashing, but like mm-hmm. there is intention behind each of your moves, like your back step to be able to, okay, if I take a step back, I know he's going to dodge and he's going to give me this opening to like do this combo. Like yep. there, there's levels to this. Like there are yeah, levels yeah. to this. Yeah. Um, going back to it, the, yeah, they've added a lot of stuff to it. I think there's, um, like we said, difficulty options now. They've added like different like co- uh, outfits you can wear. <laughs> um, 
there's uh, different stuff in like the training area as well. Um, so I mean, just all around. Okay. Like you can go back to it, and there's like more to it now. Okay. Um, but Sifu, um, a game that I think I had a very strong love hate relationship with, but in, uh-huh. like again, it's just so good that like I I have to talk about it and it is a game I thought about so much throughout the year especially playing like other games I'm like this is difficult but it's not seafood difficult so I (laughs) I know I can do this (laughs) I I know I can do this yeah yeah very nice yeah I um I loved seafood it was a very good game I'm excited to hear that I'm I'm excited to to see that on your list Corey I mean again like I can't recommend it for everyone if, it, if this sounds like something you would like and you haven't played it yet, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, One, you can, and we can recommend it to more people now that they actually have like difficulty options. And, yeah, that's fair. That is true. And new clothes. Things yeah, like that. you can wear new clothes. You can wear a white outfit. What? What? No way. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back to it. Yeah, I mean, like, I was, when I was replaying it, I'm like, do I see if I can do this all again? Like, just really quick. And I, and I went against am I, that. Am I doing this? Am I? I went against is, that is this itch. Happening? But again, I made it to the first boss. I think I, I died like twice getting to him. And I didn't die to him. Um, yeah. It's, it's the warehouse. That warehouse. That, that, that yeah. warehouse. It is. Yeah. It's tough. Um, yeah. But yeah. Love it. We could, we could, I could sit here and talk about Sifu for another hour, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, we can't do that. We have to get yeah, to number yeah. six. We're yeah. almost, this is the halfway point. That is yeah. where we are at right now. We are at the halfway yeah. mark. We are uh, getting there, Corey. It's pretty great. Um, Yeah. Number six, Corey. My number six is Tunic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not a ton, a ton to add to it. But yeah, I mean, Tunic legitimately was like, I really enjoy again, kind of in a similar way, like I enjoy games where the, the only real barrier is like knowledge, mm-hmm. like, you know, in a similar way, I mean, in a similar comparison, it felt to me like whenever I played the witness where yeah. it was like the witness, mm-hmm. I mean, was a, was such a, like, seems like such an impossible game. If you like take the wrong corner and you find a puzzle that you like, did not have any sort of like concept of before, but it's like, you're not gated out of anything. The only thing that's keeping you from solving the last puzzle is just the knowledge of how to solve earlier puzzles. And tunic was very much the same way where it was like this game. I mean, you can find this shortcut and you can do this thing. Like you can, you can make all these moves and do all these things like very early, but you just have to know how to do it. And in a lot of cases for most people, that's, well, you found the page that told you how to do it in some sort of like obtuse way. So you were able to then go ahead and do it. But like, that is a thing where like going through it, I was like, it just felt so rewarding to like build this vocabulary and kind of, and effectively kind of like learn this language, read through this manual and learn these things and be like, okay, now I get it. Now, like I've been looking for how to do this all this time and like, okay, I could, all I had to do was do this. I just had to like press this button and hold it longer than I was supposed to, <laughs> you know, whatever it was like all that kind of stuff was really neat and really fun. And I think on top of like, yeah, I think 
I think sometimes the the combat was a little bit too tough or was not like as tight as I would want it to be. But um, by and large, it was just such a such an imaginative, inventive, really fun game that just had a lot of really interesting like mystery. Yeah, and and I loved it. I'm I'm very I'm very down for stuff like this. Um, so bring it. I, I want it. I'm thinking about tuning. I'm like I wonder what like. It's one of those things I'm like, what would it be like to replay it right now? Like, I, I don't remember everything, but I have a really good idea of, like, if I was to come across it, like, oh, wait, I can do this here. Like, playing the game with the full knowledge in the back of your head, I feel like, would be a very different experience and a very cool one. Yeah. I think the the only the only real negative that I would kind of lobby against it, like, legitimate kind of negative, is that there are... There are gates. Like, there are some skills. Like, there are some areas that you can only get to once you've acquired a certain skill or a certain item. Yes, yeah, really which I think items. I think. Yeah, I which I think is is just kind of like antithetical to the overall like vibe of the yeah. game. Like, because I think it sets it out as like you can do anything so long as you have the knowledge, and and that isn't a hundred percent true it is in it's a like lot of ways true right it's it's just there are a couple of, like you can't just go to the last area because you well, need yeah. a couple of items yeah. to get there like that kind of stuff um and i wish there was like if there's a sequel i wish i hope that it does it more where it's like it takes away some of that and it's just like we're you know we're opening the floodgates you are only held back by your knowledge so yeah, and I'm now I'm having more thoughts come in from Tunic. I'm like, I remember like the, I mean, it's not a trick, uh, but the discovery in the map. Like, oh, I'm going to go around this corner. Oh, the like the screen just like did it 90 degrees on me. Now I'm looking at it from a different view. Oh, where did the staircase go? It leads to here. There's been a shortcut yep. to this area yep. the whole time. Yeah. Excuse me? And that happens a couple of times in the game. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is a very cool thing it does. Like, again, the mystery of the game, you do, you kind of feel like a detective throughout it. Like, it's like, oh, this leads to here and I can do this. And it, yep. Tunic is really good. It is. Yeah. It's surprisingly very cool. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm just thinking about Tunic. <laughs> I need to get to my number six now, unless you yeah, have anything you else. Do you do your number six. Nope. Nope. Okay. You're good. My number six bum, bum, is Horizon Forbidden West. What? what? Spoiler alert, Corey, that is not even listed on my you didn't play it because so. I haven't even played it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just sit back and listen to the goodness. Yeah, I want to I wanna number listen to six. This. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, continues the journey of Aloy and her companions as she is trying to, you guessed it, save the world once more. Um, But save the world in 10,000 years from now. Um, I think this is a game where, you know, I I feel bad for Horizon. Like, just the, the franchise in general. Zero Dawn came out right before... Um, uh, Legend of Zelda, um, 
Oh my God, I can't remember the Breath name. Of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Oh my God, <laughs> that is that's one of the biggest. Brain Only parts. the most iconic game of all time, Corey. I, I, it's kind of hard to disagree with that statement. Um, Get off my podcast now. I, I, it was a brain <laughs> fart. Forgive me. I have thirty five hours in that game. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but no, Forbidden West uh, and Zero Dawn, and then Forbidden West came out right before Elden Ring, which yep. Yep. you know is. I'm looking at them like, y'all got to do better on your release dates. Like, you yeah. know, I do feel bad for you, but, uh, you know, fool me once, you know, fool me <laughs> twice. Um, <laughs> someone, someone, whoever's in their marketing, like, really needs to yeah. up their game or get fired. No, no one should be fired. But, like, you know, you should really pay attention to other dates. Yeah. Uh, but still- to, their, to their credit, it's tough. I mean, like, yeah, with, with Breath of the Wild, I mean, who could have... Who knew? But it's, um, but yeah, with COVID and everything, I imagine stuff got, and then it's kind of like, well, you know, we want a big release in the spring. So, because God of War is coming in November. And then if they had pushed it back to next spring, then they're going to run into Breath of the Wild 2 again. Like, I mean, when, when can they come out is basically kind of what it is. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, sad for them. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they need sad. more insider info. They need to. Yeah. They need to know everybody's release dates from the outset. I think it's the only. That's the nice thing that everybody could do for them going forward. It would be nice because there will be a third game with how the second one ends. Uh, spoilers, I guess, but not like it's. It is a huge franchise, even with its missteps and release. It, like, yeah, it still does very well. Um, but I think Forbidden West is exactly what you want in a sequel. It builds on everything that was good about the first answers a lot of the issues and problems people had with it addresses those it still um i'm not gonna say feels outdated and its design but it i mean it is very much that big like open world here's all the map markers like you can do this this and this and i think it would benefit from having less of that but not too much less because i think the overall core of the game of really Aloy's journey of Forbidden West is yes, stopping world, but it's also bringing without getting spoilers, but like peace to the Forbidden West. There's a multiple different yeah. factions in this game. Aloy is a outsider coming from like farther in inland of the U.S. over to the Forbidden West and like trying to be a peace broker for a lot of it, trying to resolve this issue because if she doesn't, she's not going to be able to finish what she's out there to do, and that is save the world. She, yeah. I think they, the character of Aloy, I think a lot of people were like, oh, she's very abrasive, like she's too headstrong, like it's not very... There was, there was a lot of criticism on like her character in this game. And I'm like, it's it's what she was in the first game. She was, she is an outsider who was shunned from the majority of her life. You learn about most of this in the first game. And doesn't have great people skills. And I yep. think it's very fun for me being able to play this character. And the, you're playing a character who gives zero Fs. Like ha- yeah. has none to give, and it's great. Just the bluntness, the matter of fact, and with the charisma that Ashley Birch delivers, the lines of just like straight to your face of like, I don't give a f. That yeah. like these two warring factions, like this is a thing. Like, hey, I get it. You know that we got some problems, but I have a bigger problem. And so, what do I need to do to fix your smaller problem? Right. Um, and that's kind of the main story. I do think it 
this is again like a lot of games this year has some of it really shines in its side quest throughout the game there are multiple different major uh, npcs and characters that come along aloy's journey that you will also just come across in random villages and towns and cities where the game like really shows like the scope and breadth of like aloy's character and like the links she's really going to save humanity but also just to save her neighbor um, and save someone in need and i think the side quests are just like very or like almost better than the main quest at times and i think okay. i this was my number two like longest played game this year um and i remember i'm like ah, was it did i really put that much time into it and it was again because i am going from tribe to tribe like trying to like resolve like what like their not small issues but like what encompasses their own world and like trying to help as much as i can um all that's to say it's also just a really good like fighting game of you hunting down giant robotic dinosaurs and Mm -hmm. like there you it is hard for me to be presented with hey here is like futuristic bows and arrows that do different elemental bomb xyz things you can do and i want you to hunt robotic metal dinosaurs i'm sold like the, that yep. that concept alone has me sold and yep. sure enough it does it great you there are so many different styles and like ways you can take on different um machines in like different areas and you like okay i'm going to take a stealth approach i'm going to lay down a lot of bombs i'm going to lay down a lot of trip wires like i'm going to make them hurt before they even get close to me also, they brought in like a whole like I think it still needs a lot of work uh, for the next game, but like a whole melee system. Like, nah, I'm just I'm going in spear blazing. I'm going to take them down, and like there's some depth to like its spear combat and its melee. It offers a lot, but again, the bread and butter is just like all that all the arrows, different arrow types, like laying down. Like, okay, I'm going to do a sonic arrow, knock off a ton of their armor, knocks off a ton of damage. Now I'm going to do just a power shot just right there in the heart. Boom. Knocking it down. Tie it down. Put in a couple quick arrows. I mean, it's, again, I talk about core gameplay a lot. It's core gameplay. It's very good. I mean, it's nothing to be wowed about, but it's very efficient. You know exactly what you're doing, and it presents to you, like, what X and Y does. There isn't a ton of, like, a lot of the... Not a lot, but some of the level ups are like, oh, you do like 0.8% more damage or something like that. But a lot of the level ups yeah. are very tangible of I can knock two arrows at once or I um, can now slow down time for longer while I'm aiming or I um, can instead of I can do the special move where if I charge it, I can throw three disc um, in a spread pattern or I can throw three in like a line pattern. And there's like a lot of its level ups are very like you are getting a tangible reward for leveling up and like putting it into the skill tree. Like you are really advancing your play style by doing this. It's not just like the small little incremental like level ups, which I really appreciate. I think that design in itself is like very good. It's like it values and it makes it worth it. Like going out and like I'm going to hunt down more machines so I can get more experience or I'm going to do more side quests so I can get more experience I'm going to get a tangible reward at the end of all of this by doing this 
and it continues that. It also offers, oh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's like overdrive or it's um, like special abilities that Aloy can do. Um, it can turn her invisible. Um, it can also like her next three shots do ex- like a lot, a lot more damage. Or there's like tons of different ways you can like build your loadout in this game. And I, again, for everything that Zero Dawn was, Forbidden West does all of that and more and it's better. Uh, I think the story goes pretty off the rails at the end, but again, you are a young woman with a bow and arrow hunting robotic dinosaurs. Can't really say it goes too off the rails with that premise alone. Um, I'm very excited to see what the third one's going to be. I'm very excited for their uh, DLC that's releasing this year where you're going to Hollywood. I I think that's them really embracing like, okay, yeah, this is like old new world kind of a thing. And like, we're going to kind of, we know what we are and we're going to lean into it a little bit more. And I really appreciated that. Um, And I'm very excited. I'm going to play it. Um, It's really cool to finally it looks like you'll finally be able to fight one of the big Titans that they've just shown dead across the whole world over and over again. in the past two games, it's like, Oh, I finally get to like take one down that type. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say I was disappointed. The fact this might be, it's going to be a little spoilery and I think people should know this going in though. Like they promoted it set in San Francisco uh-huh. so much. You only go to San Francisco at the very, very end for like maybe five hours, and there isn't okay. a single main story mission like near the bridge and like all of like the cool stuff that they showed off in all the trailers. I'm like, well, that was a load of BS. I'm like, what? Weird. Yeah, it's very cool to see. Uh, this game does get the award for best graphics. Um, okay. I think on PS5, like, and everything is gorgeous. The desert, the sand blowing across my feet, gorgeous. The water graphics. If you, they, um, um, Gorilla released a uh, video of like how they did their water graphics. And oh my God, the water graphics. Like, <laughs> I mean, amazing. Like, you're not going to find better water graphics no. ever. Yeah. Uh, um Blows Black Flag out of the water. Sorry, Black Flag. Um, there's a new queen in town, and her name is Horizon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great game. I I think compared to some other games I played later on, I'm like, I can, again, not outdated, but, like, I think they need to really, like, reevaluate how they present a lot of the mission structure. And I f- think, like, the map and, like, world presentation to you i think needs just a little bit more fine tuning um but all around i still really enjoyed my time with it uh, i think it's a really solid game and if that is something you're looking for like i can sink in a lot of time with this it's not going to be punishing i'm going to have a good story and we're going to have fun like this is up your alley you should definitely pick it up love it Corey. that is wonderful um yeah, I plan to play it. Um, I have it. I know you do. I have a copy. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I can I can play it anytime. I just haven't. So 
I will critique it a little <laughs> bit in that it does take a little while to get going. Like you're okay. you don't really get to the Forbidden West till like ten hours into the game. Um, okay, it, it it takes a minute, but um, ain't no big deal. It's still very fun. No, leading once up to, it gets going, I think honestly, like it's initial. So you have like a prologue area, then you kind of get to like the prologue part two area that that area is actually incredibly good there is a lot of gameplay in this in like the initial spot you hit and like you could spend like 10 15 hours in that before ever hitting quote unquote the forbidden west okay i love it i'm looking forward to it um yeah Corey. um this is the halfway point this is Um, the halfway as as we did last year, um, there's a part one, there's a part two, mm-hmm. this is part one. Um, part two, you will uh, be able to look forward to where we unpack our top five. Ooh, top five, top um, five, top five. Very interested to hear what your top five is. Um, but yeah, Corey, in the meantime, uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Find me over on the gram, that is Instagram, at oh, uh, uh, hash slinging thrasher. Uh, or find me over on Twitter at Thrashy, but always follow our Twitter page, uh, Arcade uh, underscore Cozy. Where can I find you? You can find me at Four Point Pixel on Instagram. You can find me at Swiss Bon Joe on Twitter. Arcade Cozy on uh, Instagram is also our thing, and Arcade Cozy at gmail.com is us too. Um, our intro outro music is Johnny Be Good 89. Um, you can find him on Instagram. Look him up. Um, but yeah, Corey. Uh, next week top five coming your way look forward to it everybody Um, cannot wait but in the meantime this has been Arcade Cozy Life is Hectic why should your hobbies be too alright see y'all next week yeah woo bye bye